Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's an honor and pleasure to welcome the head basketball coach at Illinois University to the podium. Good afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk, or Talk of Sports if you want. I'm Scott Beatty. Evan Kahn is here as well for two hours of fun with you. Lauren Tate on a jet plane. He went to media days today for Big Ten basketball. Both men's and women's basketball had their media days for the conference up in Minnesota So, Evan and I get to run the show together here for a couple of hours. Coming up, we talk about the Minnesota Golden Gophers football team from Minnesota University. Daryl Thompson is the analyst on their radio crew, one-time star running back for them, former NFL running back as well. And he will join us to help us break down the Gophers. Matt Stevens from Illini Guys is in for the second hour. We also anticipate checking in with Diana Brown from Illinois Volleyball. The setter may join us here for a few minutes before the hour is out on uh, football. And we'll have some other fun along the way. Great to have you with us. Baseball playoffs, National League Division Series underway. As you just heard on the update, Phillies win 7-6 over the Braves. Mariners up 6-3 now over Houston. Houston's starting to battle back in this one, but the upstart teams are are having some fun here in the early going of the postseason, Evan Kahn. They are indeed. I don't I, mean they're upstart, by the way, in they're the, the, their low, season. They're the lower seed. That's they're the road I mean. team. That's they, what I mean. Thank ne- you. Neither of them won their division. Yes. It, it, it makes sense yeah, yeah. In, in all that, right? Okay. And it's not what people expected, considering both teams had to use pitchers for two extra days and had an extra plane flight and all that. And, and yeah, they've got some some mojo going. They're, they're the quote-unquote hot teams, I guess you could say. But uh, really good starts to both those series. We'll get the other two series tonight, um, and yeah, we're we're just kind of rolling along. I was so ready to give Kevin Warren kudos for for what a great job he did this morning, and, and you you know he was he was ready to take more questions, but the podium guy's like, no, we've got to go on to the other coaches, and then he goes and he does that. That's not the first time either. I'm pretty sure he did that last year as well. So I'm glad that he can name you know all these historic players from UCLA that aren't even in the Big Ten yet, but he can't even get the name of one. One of the schools that you know founded the Big Ten. So all the the tweets calling him Kevin Willard. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, for whatever it's worth to you, in his second introduction, that was in the introduction of Shauna Green, and the and the women's and head coaches went back to back from each school. Uh, in his follow up introduction of Brad Underwood, he he got University of <laughs> Illinois. Well, don't so. fool me once, shame <laughs> on you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know if somebody got in his ear, you know. We've all flipped some words around, but 
it's, it's kind of fourteen. There's fourteen schools in the Big Ten that you commission over. I mean, for now, you've got one job for now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I started walking around calling you Con Evan, yeah, you might be like, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I always get that mixed up. <laughs> yeah, you know those darn words. They just they they change order sometimes. <laughs> I know I've stumbled over things uh, myself and said, you know, poor Trent Meacham um, has been referred to more than once as Trent Frazier by me. Just yeah. in the midst of a post-game conversation about Trent <laughs> Frazier and Illinois basketball, and then I, you know, we're talking to Trent Meacham, and then I say, "Well, Trent Frazier here," and then you know, Trent Meacham kind of lets it roll. That's not that's that's okay though. Nice. Like Trent Frazier and Trent Meacham, two quality guys, <laughs> two historic Illinois basketball players. There's no such thing as Illinois University. No. That's not a thing. There's Illinois College. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a Trent Frazier, but there is no Illinois University. <laughs> Um, speaking of Trent Meacham, great to see the annual press release that comes out from the Big Ten Network about their roster of talent for basketball analysis. And Trent Meacham back for another year as a men's basketball analyst. I assume that means both studio and some game work. But also new to their lineup mm-hmm. this year, Bruce Weber. How about that? He was at Media Days uh, today. He'll be there tomorrow, I assume. And uh, you may catch him in BTN Studio or... Or doing a game. I've even, I, I don't have it confirmed, but I've heard rumors that he'd be assigned to an Illinois game. Huh. So you'll you may see him at it. I I actually I don't know if it's a Illinois home game or an Illinois away game. Mm-hmm. But how about that, Bruce Weber? And uh, I I mentioned it to somebody, and they said, boy, he he'd do really good at that. I said, well, he's so folksy, <laughs> kind of down to earth. I think he'll. It's not going to be hard for him to win, win over an audience. You know, he, he, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he breaks everything down, but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. What a what a great fit! I wondered after he got let go at Kansas State if somebody would bring him on as you know maybe somebody who doesn't travel or maybe even assistant coach or a, a smaller school give him a shot as a head coach again. But this seems like a, a good fit in his career. He's always been a, a great interview, a, a thoughtful kind of person, especially when it comes to the game of basketball. If you know about the way he was growing out his hair last year and just <laughs> yeah, kind of is there a hair code for Big Ten Network? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a picture today, and he looked a lot like his old self so i I think he got it trimmed i don't think it's because of the reason he said he was going to trim it but uh it 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 is what it is and it kind of goes along the lines of somebody asked brad underwood today how he feels about transfer and nil and all that and he said he likes to win so you've kind of just got to do what you got to do in this day and age to to keep up with the joneses and Bruce is still a great X's and O's guy, and again, he'll be a good personality right there with the cast that they have. Not a whole lot of coaches off the top of my head on BTN. Uh, yeah, I think they've gone more to the former player kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing, so I think that does bring that a little bit of that perspective. Hey, yeah. hey I've, I've been there, done that, mm-hmm. um, and he's, in fact, been there, done that last year. Yeah. So he can have that perspective. You know, also, Bruce Weber had a bit of a reputation as 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 media we're we're always trying to get more out of coaches well bruce weber sometimes gave you too much (laughs) maybe not to the media i mean the media could lap it up but it was you know there were some moments in his time where like maybe you didn't want to say that Mm -hmm. um not because he was mean but you know there's just certain things you probably don't want to (laughs) reveal um and you know i think that you know one of the famous post game i don't know how to reach these guys anymore and 
and, and stuff like that. You got a window into what he's thinking, but you also went, oh, man, you don't want to say that out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think he'll be uh, too muted uh, <laughs> when, no. when he's on television. But again, um, as much as he was um, somewhat derided by the end of his time at Illinois, there's just not a better guy yeah. in, in, in the world of college basketball on the men's side. He just, he, he just, he, he, he just treated people right. And if his greatest sins was not winning enough towards the end and not recruiting well enough at the end, I think you could hang your head high. Yeah, I, I was seeing some stuff on Twitter, not necessarily people that I, I follow, but apparently there is a small group of people who have a dislike for Bruce. But yeah, I mean, even when he left, like you said, it, it was just kind of a, this doesn't really fit anymore. You know, you, you just it, it, what, him being at Illinois just really didn't work. It, it wasn't because he was a, a bad person or really a, a terrible coach uh, at all. I mean, he got picked up by the Big 12. He made it to a Final Four. You know, he, he was a fine coach. He, he just kind of ran his course here at, at Illinois, yeah. and time heal, time uh, heals all wounds. And, and, yeah, anybody who's got beef with Bruce Weber, he, does, he doesn't have beef with you. So Yeah, and he bought y'all ice cream. <laughs> Custard. So he'll have to swing by in January. <laughs> I see they got pumpkin ice cream out or custard and all that stuff out now. Of course, I'm not so. I'm very proud of the pumpkin output of the state of Illinois, <laughs> as we are the number one producer of it. Um, but I, I don't know. Pumpkin pie is about my limit. I can't remember. Pumpkin maybe that was okay. Maybe that was in the office. We were talking Actually, about that. Back that up. My wife makes these pumpkin bars with chocolate chips in them and this cream now you're gonna, frosting. You're gonna keep going. What else no, you no, got? No, you, know, that, you, like that, the, you like the pumpkin seeds? You know, no, some, no, nope. Not don't do the pumpkin. You, you like in the carving cup. pumpkins? You guys put, carve pumpkins with the kids? More of a painting? I am a very, very do not like arts and crafts. <laughs> not even for Halloween. I mean, if I'm being asked to and it's in the name of family bonding, I will. But let's be real. But you're not organizing. Can I just watch you all do it? Yeah. There you go. I do not like arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin carving uh, uh, is is in that realm of arts and crafts. I'm pretty sure it's been a long time since I carved a pumpkin, but almost every year I would just carve an eye into it. <laughs> you know, real simple. Foom, foom, foom. Never did a Cubs logo? No, well, I tried, and it doesn't really work. You know, it gets a little flimsy in the middle yeah. of the sea. And again, I'm not very artsy craftsy like you, so we just stuck to the eye. Yep. Some nice solid blocks. Speaking of uh, Cubs, Joe Madden, a guest for us tomorrow. He has a uh, new book out, and we'll talk to him about that book called The Book of Joe, as well as his thoughts on uh, baseball right now and the landscape that uh, he has just left, and who knows if he'll be back in it or not. But we're looking forward to that, talking to former Cubs and Angels and Rays manager Joe Madden. And his book has a lot of uh, stories about his life that are really interesting. And you learn a lot of things about how he was influenced and how it influenced his managing and his coaching and all that. Going to talk some gopher football coming up here with Daryl Thompson Gopher radio analyst works alongside the great voice, Mike Grimm. 5,000 tickets, they say, have been sold now in the flash sale going on until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Illinois football ranked 24th in the nation, and they're celebrating with this 24-hour flash sale where all tickets available to this Saturday's game against Minnesota are $24 
a piece. Every seat, $24. The sale's running until 9 a.m. tomorrow. It started at 9 a.m. today. Get it? 24 hours for ranked 24th, $24. And you can find those tickets at fightingillini.com. All right, we'll hear about Illinois' opponent, Minnesota. In round two in the Bielma era, as the Illini look to clinch a bowl berth with a victory. Back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has some observations on the Illini after meeting them this week. Terrence Shannon looks like an NBA win. Terrence Shannon, a representative for Illinois today at Big Ten Media Days, along with Coleman Hawkins. Matthew Meyer was supposed to be there, but he was listed as a late scratch, so he he did not go. Um, But we mentioned Illinois could punch a ticket into a bowl game with a win on Saturday. It would be their sixth win of the season. And we talked with Brett Bielma about uh, whether that's a discussion for the guys this week. I think we just concentrate more that we're a 5-1 and one team. We haven't ignored that. I'm pretty sure our guys know six wins get you to a bowl, but I don't know that because um, last year we couldn't get there. But I, I do think uh, it's being talked about to them, right? So I'm not going to ignore that. I brought up um, uh, I brought up uh, yesterday, I showed them a ranking. I showed us the Big Ten standings. I showed them anything and everything that they're going to see. I would much rather be up forward, honest, and open about it. Um, to much of you guys' questions, obviously, like uh, there's a lot of guys this week that were injured and out of the game that we st- – had guys step into those roles, and uh, if those guys are there, those guys will be back in those roles. If not, those others come forward. We just deal with the moment as it comes. I think it's a little bit fluid, and uh, because of that, I think all hands on deck. I, I've told these guys all along, like, listen, literally, I told them to give me the first three, we'll take a bye week. Give me the next four, we'll take a bye week, and we'll see where we're at for the next five. Um, so I think everything is just about let's get to Minnesota game, uh, a Big Ten West opponent, uh, a rematch game. Um, a very, very good opponent that uh, uh, you know has has been ranked already this year, and and um, uh, I think just to get Saturday at eleven o'clock is what we're all hoping for. All right, makes sense. That's usually how a football team should approach things, not uh, get too far ahead of themselves. But should there be a big celebration? No, no. Muted. Keep yeah. it down. No, no. About, about uh, what it's uh, sparkling apple juice showers or anything like that. Probably not. It'll probably be about what it was. I don't know if he's going to be walking in there with a thirteen bowling ball or, or anything like that. But you saw after Iowa, I was kind of glad. And you know, if the fans decide to do it, go for it because I never got the opportunity while I was in school. The teams didn't put out something like that. But I was surprised they didn't storm the field after Iowa. I kind of hope they don't storm the field after Minnesota. Like there's just really not a game to storm the field this season at Memorial Stadium. No, I mean maybe if Michigan State was having what they had last year and you won, but mm-hmm. this Minnesota's not ranked right now. No. But they they understand it, and kind of like Bill was saying, I I think the guys get that each game is a war, and you've got to win that one, and you should celebrate each win because you only get 12 chances to to get them, and they'll celebrate it appropriately, but I can't imagine that they go too big considering they still got half the season to go. Okay, I would put you on the spot with this. Six games remaining. Mm -hmm. The record in these final six games. The, The record of the final six games. Um, just, just to be on the safe side, I'll say three and three. That's kind of what I'm feeling. I'm not going off hard data on that, but just does it, maybe it's just, uh, 
recency bias or whatever, but it just doesn't feel like you go from five and seven to ten and two, something like that. It okay? happens. It does happen. It, it does. Michigan happen. State did it last year. That's true. It just doesn't feel like, and that feels doesn't feel like something Illinois does. No, thing, things have to break their way. I, I think they they'll have to, you know, catch Michigan State down or, or Michigan. I, I don't know. Michigan is just a, a tough one to see, so we'll mark that as the L. But there's just games where Illinois could play off. There's enough talent in those other teams, Purdue, even Nebraska. Nebraska's 2-0 and in the Big Ten since Mickey Joseph took over, and they have they play way better at home than they do on the road, and you've got to go out to Nebraska. So games can be lost because of, of weird ways. So I'll, I'll sit at 3-3, three and three, but I wouldn't be surprised they go 4-3. and Two, maybe even five and one, but that's that's really drinking the Kool Aid. Well, but to their credit, I could actually conceive of them winning any of these games. Right. E- even the Michigan game, I don't expect it. Uh, but you got to run against that Illinois defense. Mm-hmm. You and so you know, kind of why not? I would think it, at some point, Michigan's a superior team. Right. So, yeah. so I'm just kind of going. All right, Michigan's. Probably an L, and Northwestern should be a W. And yeah. then, okay, so that's where I go one and one, and then the other four games. Well, let's just think. Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska. I'm sorry, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan State. Does that mm-hmm. really feel like a 4-0 blitz through that? Eh, probably not. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. with you. That feels more like maybe that's one or two losses in there, and that's mm-hmm. how I get to 3-3. Three and three. And you get to 3-3, three and 8-4. Three, and four. That's, that's a, a- Really good season. That's the best season Illinois had since the Rose Bowl season. So yeah. that's that's pretty good. I, I don't think it gets you in a Rose Bowl, but record-wise, that looks fine. Probably puts you in contention for a, a Big Ten West title and something to, to build off of. It, it'll keep the fans in the stands through the end of the season. So hopefully momentum for recruiting and maybe you even pick off a Michigan State game where you're not playing your greatest but because you've got 65,000 people backing you in the stands you can get a break and I think that's people were saying you know with Art Sikowski's fumble and or would would have been fumble that went Illinois way it's like those things don't usually go Illinois' way. And I'm not saying it's because of the crowd. I'm not saying, you know, it's dumb luck. But sometimes things work out that way when you've got the support and the fans are there and, and things just kind of work in your favor. So we'll, we'll see what it has. So I'm sitting for my, my three to nine win projection. We'll, we'll go anywhere from three and three to five and one. All right. I think that's fair. Uh, Brett Bielma also just said the, the importance, what this is doing for the team right now and the program in this uh, winning streak. I know sometimes I give long-winded answers, but I'm going to take this one and roll. Like, winning affects everything, right? Winning affects um, your program. It affects your recruiting. It affects your uh, retainment of your own roster, which is a way you've never had to think about before, right? So now you got good players that when you're not winning, like a year ago, I was worried guys might bail, right? Um, they had trust and faith in us. Uh, winning affects uh, uh, your your. Uh, athletic department, winning uh, affects your university, winning affects your community, uh, winning affects TV ratings, winning affects the media, how much you guys, you guys are always here, right? But uh, right now, Brett and I got to sort out every day what we're going to do or not going to do because national media want attention. Um, so it, there's so much positivity in winning, you can't put a quantitative dollar figure on it, right? Like I know 
Josh and his people will count, you know, like what our ticket sales did, right? And the menu that brought in and the money it brought in. But um, that's why, like, Barry Hauser, right? Like, to me, Barry Hauser helped us win that game, right? We had uh, an offense struggle to get a playoff and had some miscommunication um, backed up back here down in this end zone, right? And that was the student section and the band. Like, that matters to me. I've, I've been through this enough that I know that matters. Um, and then just different things in our athletic department, um, uh, people in our community. Um, it, it's just winning helps everything go better, and that's why I, I want to ride this uh, ride this wave as long and as high as we possibly can because it will definitely help us in the future. All right, we'll see if the wave crests Saturday against Minnesota. Daryl Thompson is the radio analyst for the Gophers, works alongside Mike Grimm. And he joins us now here on Sports Talk with me, Scott Beatty, and Evan Kahn. Daryl, hey, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, boy, these Golden Gophers uh, off to a, a pretty good season, and the one loss is a game without uh, Mo Ibrahim. So I'll just ask you straight up, Daryl, is, is, is it as simple as that, that without him it's, it's hard to win a football game? Uh, I don't think it's as simple as that. You know, you got to play better. You know, we didn't we didn't play very well. You know, we had dropped balls, we had dropped touchdowns, we had dropped interceptions, and we had a lot of missed tackles. You know, to to start out the game. So when you don't have that attention to detail, um, you you fall behind, and um, we're not like a high powered, fast scoring um, team. You know, uh, Coach Fleck is you know inside zone play action. You know, and um, you know methodically you know, handle someone and continue to run the clock and we don't get that a chance to do that. It can be a, a long day and it's hard to, to come from behind. How similar do you think uh, PJ Fleck and Brett Bielma are in how they're going about trying to uh, accomplish this? I'm talking really about the football. I know the, the personalities are both pretty distinct, <laughs> but I'm talking about their philosophy of, of what they're trying to do on the field. I think it's, it's almost... Uh, they're they're extremely similar in what they try to do. I mean, I think that you know he's a he's a I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the ball off. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna play action. And then I think uh, Coach Bielema might be a little more uh, I'd say uh, tricky. You know, sometimes so he's got he's got something up his sleeve, which I love. Maybe he got that from his time with Hayden Fry at, at Iowa because Hayden was one of my favorite coaches. I thought he was uh, you know sly like a fox, and um, I think. Uh, Brett learned some things from him, so there's uh, there's certainly that in him as well. But I do think that they are very similar, you know, fundamentally sound, going to play hard, going to run the ball, going to you know play good defense. And uh, right now, Illinois is really, really doing that. It was fun to watch that game. We're talking yeah, with if you're a football fan. Yeah, not, not, the low scoring games aren't fun for the kind of casual fan. But if you're kind of a football nerd like myself, I'm like, man, these guys are just. It's interesting. Like every carry, everything is interesting when you only score like you know nine points or six points in the course of over the course of a game talking with daryl thompson who's a former minnesota golden golden gopher running back and a very good one as well and now on the radio call for the gophers hey daryl this is evan with questions about who's going to be the starting quarterback for illinois on saturday we can pretty much assume that chase brown and whatever running back suit up for illinois are going to see a lot of carries uh where was purdue finding success on the ground they haven't been much of a running team although it's picked up over the last few weeks so where were 
were they able to to pick up some yards running it uh, against the Gophers a couple weekends ago? Really, on the interior, you know, it was surprising to me. We were we've been a pretty sure tackling team all year. They just they broke off some big runs on the first drive, got the lead, and they just kind of were able to hang on to it. And we continued to stub our toe. You know, when you when you drop a ball on third down, when you drop a ball in the end zone, and it gets intercepted. Those are painful, and then you need to. If someone throws you the ball, uh, you know, an interception opportunity, you need to catch it. You know, especially if it hits you in the hands. I get it doesn't, you know, one hand great catches are one thing, but uh, if you get a chance, they throw you the ball. The quarterback makes some say You got to capitalize on it, and unfortunately, we weren't able to capitalize on it. And those were the pieces that uh, really made it successful. And they that that uh, their third stream back, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's just they said he's slippery like a bar of soap, and he is. He's kind of got an old school tough. Um, you know, Stump Mitchell type, I'm just going to run through you, I'm going to run around you, I'm not going down, you know, that fight mentality, which I loved, you know, in, in a running back. And he broke off that big uh, 70-yard run to um, basically seal the game up the end of it. So that was, uh, you know, wasn't anything real fancy. It was just weird. They, they did a good job of sticking to the run and uh, keeping the ball out of our hands. Yeah, and if there was one place that exploited on the Illinois defense that's been pretty stout throughout the year last weekend, it was the tight ends. Do, does Minnesota have the kind of tight ends to, to stretch the field and cause Illinois' defense some problems? Yeah, I think we do. You know, and uh, Brevin Span form, uh, Ford, he's a, he's a big, strong, athletic uh, tight end that runs really well, kind of a little bit of a basketball player that's, you know, everybody's looking for at that tight end spot and he's you know he's six foot six six foot seven so he's got the he's got the the, the skills and the skill set to do it and you know he's just going to continue to get better and also just i think for him it's continuing to get comfortable catching the ball in traffic and realize that there's going to be contact football is a is a collision and contact sport and you need to catch the ball uh with contact uh, and expect it uh, and be and be physical which i, I think he's learning to do we're talking with Daryl Thompson, uh, still the all-time rushing leader for Minnesota with over 4,500 career yards. How's Tanner Morgan done this year? Uh, pretty well. You know, he was pretty hard on himself after the last game. You know, he had, you know, one or two misses, and then he had, you know, a couple drops. And when you, you don't dominate in um, time of possession, that gets pointed out even more. And in this game, for us, I mean, against Purdue, they did a good job of running the ball, running the clock and taking the air out of the game and getting the crowd out of it. You know, it's kind of, you get people sitting down like waiting and they go late into the play clock. All right, we're going to run the play and the ball up. They get three yards and the ball up. They get three yards. Quarterback keeps it. He picks up a first down. So just kind of like, it's going to nickel and dime you, nickel and dime you. And then they, you know, and then they, you know, and they are, you know, those, both those um, coordinators they have at Purdue, they're, they're, they're savvy and they did a good job, you know, scheming and playing and uh, keeping us off balance and the, I think that's why they came out with the victory. Mo Ibrahim, what is what makes him a great running back? Well, I think it's his patience and his vision. Um, he also has great balance. He reminds me a lot of uh, of Emmett Smith, you know. And I, I hope he can reach Emmett Smith's uh, status on the the tail end of this um, season. Um, and then obviously professionally, I mean that's that's humongous praise. But he does have the vision. He's got the stature. He might be a little more like I want to run over you. You know, Emmett wasn't a run over you type of guy. He was going to bounce off you. He uses pads as protection, not as a, as a, uh, as a, you know, like a tool or as much of a weapon. So um, Mo will run over you every once in a while if all else fails. But I think it's his vision and his patience and his balance that make him a, a special back. That's what has 
describe Chase Brown to an extent as well as patience and the ability to to break some tackles and get those yards um, after carry or after tackle, excuse me, after contact is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, yes, yak, but <laughs> it's after catch for – anyway. <laughs> Everybody here knows what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so you got the yards after contact when we're on the same page. Right? Yes. What I mean, but what? How does a running back grow in that? Is that um, is that film study? Is it is it just maturity? Well, is it yes, sort of right. God given? It's, it's, it's film study. It's also I mean, because you're in high school, you just don't get challenged. I'm sure that Chase wasn't challenged in high school. Muhammad well, he get challenged, but it's more like. I'm faster. I'm bigger. I'm better. And then you go against a team that you know, that, that strong safety was probably a, you know, a thousand yard rusher in high school. You know, and same for that linebacker and maybe that defensive end. So you're playing against guys that are bigger, stronger, faster. So it takes you got to learn patience. You got to learn how to use your blocking, and you have to get bigger and stronger yourself. And just learning vision and learning what the offensive lineman's job is, so that you can use them to the maximum of your potential. And I believe that's what um, Muhammad Ibrahim's doing. I think that's what Chase is doing as well. He's fun to watch. You know, he's a little faster and bouncier than um, Muhammad. They're just different styles. Mm-hmm. But um, he is a fun, fun running back to watch. I enjoy um, the way that, that he runs the ball. He's a little more likely to bounce it to the outside and put a little wiggle on you. But uh, he's, a, he's a hell of a running back. He's, he's a great player. With the way Illinois' defense is playing, what do you suppose is key for an offensive attack like Minnesota? You know that you guys have that safety. Uh, it's a you know I don't call him. He's it's like a modern day Troy Polamalu. He's up. He's up by a line of scrimmage. Then he's over the slot. Then he's deep in the middle of the field and trying to figure out a way to get take advantage of his aggressiveness. You know, I don't know exactly. I'm not an offense coordinator, but I it, when you have someone that's like that successful, you got to try to get him out of his game. So when he does something, you're like you know this is what he has a tendency to do. When he's doing that, you've got to figure out a way to get him or take advantage of the defense to either throw the ball in front of him, throw the ball behind him, to do something to get him off balance because he's the straw that stirs your drink on that defense. He's, he's, you've got other players, but he's the, he's the stud. He's the Tyrone Carter. He's the, he's the big-time player that's over there that's making tackles and you know, batting down balls and you know, um, pumping his teammates up on the sideline. He's a leader. I, don't, I mean, I don't know him, and I've only watched you – know, two or three of your games this year, but he is a, he's a leader. He's a guy I'd want to play with for sure. A uh, guy that went down on the outside early on, Chris Ottman-Bell, did, did that change the offensive attack much for Minnesota when he went down early in the year? You know, it did a little bit because he was a security blanket. You know, he's a potential all-Big Ten um, wideout for us, and he's, he's, a, he's a pass-catching machine. He catches the ball. Like, you talk about – we were talking about trying to catch him on traffic – Chris Altman-Bell has no problem catching the ball in traffic. I mean, you could hit him three times, bounce off people. If the ball's there, he's going to catch it. And that's what you're looking for, you know, in any receiver at any level, but especially in college. And if you want to be professional, you better be able to catch the ball in traffic, and that's one thing that uh, Chris does. So it's it's sad to lose him. They have some young guys that are stepping up, but it's just going to take a little while before, um, you know, the Jones and the, all the other kids can, you know, totally get in gear and get up to speed because – you know, you don't just replace a, um, you know an all Big Ten receiver, uh, a potential all Big Ten receiver, like that. It's, they're they're difficult and they're not easy to come by. Daryl, put you a little on the spot. Is this game is a bit of a, a swing or a pivot here in the in the division standings? Um, do you see as any team in the Big Ten West as clearly superior to the others? 
No, not really, not right now. I mean, you, well, you guys are the one the team that I see that's you took a major step forward. You know, the, the, the last couple of weeks, you know, with your your victory, especially the victory over Iowa, I, I feel like it's not a, you know, we're all kind of just hanging in there right now. See, we got we need like about two or three weeks to figure out exactly who's going to be dominant. Um, you know, in the West with the uh, the turnover in Wisconsin. Um, with Nebraska being having their turnover, so it's just kind of like we're all just gotta see what happens here. About mid uh, mid November, we should know a lot more about each other and about ourselves. Daryl Thompson, uh, appreciate it. You looking forward to basketball season too? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm a basketball guy. My my son actually is in town today for the Big Ten um, basketball uh, press conference. Was uh, in town, but. Uh, his mom's upset she didn't get to see him. So we were down there for Hoosier Hysteria last week, so he's only in town for literally like 24 hours. So you got to drive by the hotel and visit him. He's got meetings, and they fly back uh, this afternoon. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm sure I will switch out of my uh, gopher gear right into the, the Hoosier Red for the uh, for uh, basketball season. Thanks for asking. Sure thing. Well, it's pretty neat. Uh, and then for those of you who haven't put it together, uh, Daryl Thompson is the father of Race Thompson from Indiana Hoosier. And, I don't know that that may soften up a few Illini fans around here when it comes to the Hoosiers, but uh, they're pretty hard shelled uh, about any empathy for the Hoosiers. They're big rival, one of the big rivals in basketball. But anyway, this one should be fun, Daryl, and uh, uh, we wish you all the best. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, and I want I'm expect you guys to take me that. I went to the barbecue place there. Is it Big Dog Barbecue? Black yeah, Dog. Yeah. Black Dog. I have barbecue there. I mean, I don't, I've had, I'm a barbecue, I claim to be like an expert. I'm, I'm just, you know, because I claim because I like to eat it. But that's um, about one of the best barbecue places I've ever been. So I appreciate you correcting me. There's Black Dog Barbecue. I might be getting some takeout for the uh, on the plane ride home. <laughs> Make sure Grim picks up the tag. Oh, he's got to. He's a big money guy. No yep. <laughs> yep. I know how that, I know how he is. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Daryl. We'll see you Saturday. Thank you. Take care. See you guys. That's Thanks, Daryl. Daryl Thompson. He is the radio analyst for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. All right, we're back in a moment. I believe we're going to talk with Diana Brown after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. We carry out on Sports Talk on a Tuesday. Lauren Tate is usually with us in this hour, but he was at Big Ten Media Days. Never fear, we have a way to get in touch with him via the phone as the media contingent has just returned to Savoy International Airport. And Lauren's on the line. Hey, Lauren, how was your trip to Minneapolis? Yeah, just driving home. We just flew uh, 500 miles an hour. Took about an hour to come from Minneapolis to Savoy. Can you believe that? One hour. We flew out at three thirty-seven, and three, it's four forty-eight now, and I've been down for ten minutes. So <laughs> that's uh, and, and it was a great, uh, you know, it's a great uh, exposure for Illinois basketball. We had a lot of our own people there. We uh, Underwood took us on his plane along with Coleman Hawkins and Shannon, the, the two players on, and the women's uh, coach, and two of their players went as well, and. It, uh, it was a very uh, interesting day and, and very informative, I thought. Anything stand out to you uh, in, in the conversations or the talking points? Well, I think that the main thing is there are a lot of players that are very good. That have, There are a lot of teams that have, have players that they don't know how, how they're going to gel. I mean, there are a lot of good players, but we don't know how they're going to fall together. And I think Illinois is the, maybe the number one team in that regard. Now, 
Indiana's got all the starters back, so that's a little different. But Illinois is building with with a lot of pieces, and there are a lot of teams like that. That's what the transfer portal has led us into, and uh, that that to me was the main thing. We, uh, I, you know, it's not it's not going to be as structured as it was when when Illinois had Kofi. That's the main thing. I mean, it's going to be five players and everybody playing maybe a different position from time to time. Yeah, and Brad seems to be kind of embracing it, though. He he, he has not uh, backed away from the new world. I mean, there's some other coaches a, a little right. bit more advanced than him, but it said, hey, I'm out now, and he's sort of like, I'm all in. That's right. I mean, some of the schools like uh, Michigan State have not gotten into the transfer portal the way Illinois has. I mean, it's, each one is different, and, uh, of course, it might depend on how many players you have back and that sort of thing, but Illinois starting over with four freshmen and, and – Two really good transfers, and that's all I can tell you. I mean, it's just it's, it's, nobody's going to know until we see games, and I don't think Underwood will know how his lineup is going to work until he sees him play. Well, Lauren, did they let you fly the plane at all? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, but we had a good group, and uh, we, were the, we had the biggest group of anybody there, and uh, being in Minneapolis, a lot of the uh, – newspapers and a lot of the followers did not go i mean of course you can see it on tv at home anyway but we had a lot of uh and josh talked to us and josh uh, whitman taught you know gave a special talk to the, to the group of us from illinois and it was just a it's a really nice uh, trip and we really appreciate them that, that, that taking us along that's all I, want. I just want to tell you. We're on the ground, and everybody's safe, and, and it was a very good and productive uh, day, I thought. Appreciate it, sir. Hey, we'll talk to you tomorrow, all right? Okay, I'll be there. Okay. Lauren Tate, back with the uh, media crew that went to Minneapolis. It does not surprise me that Illinois had the biggest contingent, not only because they chartered them up there, but it's kind of like when you go to football media days and there's a really big media contingent for Nebraska. Mm. You know, there's, I'm told Illinois basketball is a thing. It's got the, it's got a bit of a following around here, but compared to, to other big 10 schools, apparently too. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it makes, it makes sense. And somebody I've scanned. Yeah. I've scanned that, you know, like the media directories and, and things. This is, there's a pretty robust group of people number of people covering Illinois basketball. And, and, and as it was pointed out, I mean, it's just a long ways away from a lot of companies that just continue to make cuts and cuts and they just can't afford to, to ship them up to Minneapolis. So I, I think it was Doctorman today. It'll be interesting to see what the Big Ten decides once they add the LA schools, if they're going to start moving stuff out there and how the press corps may or may not follow. Well, it's expensive, but also access is different. There was a day when a, there was a time and a day when a media day was necessary because that was your chance to do a lot of things. Well, mm-hmm. you can zoom now <laughs> and true. get a lot of information on a zoom call, but yeah. it doesn't replace in person. I'm just saying there's other methods. It's not the only way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we transition to hour two in a moment. Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com will be our guest in the second hour. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. <laughs>
Spacer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Assets, and Family in Perilous Times. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center on Wednesday, October 12th at 1.30 p.m. Reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office at 337-1111. That's 337-1111. All right, appreciate uh, Daryl Thompson joining us as well as Lauren Tate checking in after his trip to Minneapolis. Uh, I think we'll still get a little conversation with Diana Brown, Illinois Volleyball Center next hour, and Matt Stevens from Illini Guys is on tap as well. Baseball still 6-3 to three in Houston, Seattle leading the Astros. So it looks like it's very well attended for a midweek afternoon game. That was the the reports over the weekend were that the ratings for the wild card series were much better than past years and even what you would expect against college football. So maybe the fans are coming back out. Back after this, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> 